Pleased to come and present this to you today. This is to come and talk to you today. And this, this, the first message of 2020. It just, um, it's, it's a privilege any time for me to share with you. And I, I just want to say thank you for that opportunity and privilege to share God's word over so many years. And, and today, uh, may God speak to our hearts and may you hear his voice clearly today. But I want to just draw your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. A story from the Old Testament part of the Bible. I'm reading from the New International Version. And this is a, a great story because this is a time when God spoke to a, little, a young man who was around 12 years of age. His name was Samuel. And, and the truth is, in Old Testament times, God rarely spoke audibly to people because it, it was just this, that time um, of the period of history, Israel's history. Uh, but when God spoke, he spoke because he really wanted to set something up very important. And this is one of those times when God spoke clearly, audibly to a young man called Samuel. So we're going to read about it. It says in verse, um, chapter 3, verse 1, are you there? We probably got it on the screen. There it is. A boy, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord uh, uh, under uh, Eli. Eli was a priest in Israel's house. Okay, he was a priest in the temple. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There you go. So God speaking, it was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So he's in God's house, he's in the temple, uh, and young Samuel was there. And then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered and said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And then in verse 6, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My, my son Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. You'd be getting a bit of, you know, a bit, you know, uh, maybe irritated. You called me. And the Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel uh, Eli realized it was the Lord calling him. And Samuel then, of course, if you go on and read the rest of that chapter, then God shares with Samuel exactly what the future holds. He shares with him personally. What an incredible moment. Um, wouldn't you love God just to speak to you audibly sometimes? Um, be careful what you ask for because you know what? That would be... It could be quite confronting and challenging. But, you know, I want to say as much as we would love to hear God audibly, the truth is, as we now come to the days of the New Testament and Jesus, Jesus makes it, Jesus, God, God is no longer Old Testament, you know, very rarely speaks. But New Testament, I want to say he's, once, he's speaking all the time. Because it says, let's look at another quick verse. John chapter 10, Jesus said these words in verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There we go. Can you appreciate that God actually wants to speak? 
all the time. Can you see this verse here? It, it has an assumption in this verse, and the assumption is this, that God, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. In other words, God is always speaking. The verse does not say, maybe God will speak and, and the sheep will listen, or, 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 or rarely will I speak. I'll just speak every now and then. Now, its, it's assumption is that God is always speaking to us. It's just as, are we listening? See? And then he says, when they, when they listen to it, my sheep listen to my voice. It doesn't say, maybe God will speak and they'll listen. No, he says, my, my sheep listen to my voice. Because why? Because I'm always speaking. I, I, I want you to know you serve a God today that always wants to speak to you. You may say, well, oh, gee, I rarely hear him. But the truth, hear him. But the truth is, it's rarely audible, but it is within the hearts within the realm of our heart. It's within that part of our lives that we can, you can hear God. Maybe this morning in this meeting as you sit here, in the worship you've heard God maybe speak something into your heart. Maybe today as you listen to this message, you'll hear God speak something that's for you today that he wants to say to you. If you're listening, I tell you what, he wants to, he's speaking. He's speaking. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us direction. He wants to give us guidance. Um, you know, uh, today God speaks, I, I want to say he wants to speak on a regular basis. As, as regular as you tap into him, as regular as you spend time with him, he wants to speak. He wants to speak. Uh, as I said, not audible, but certainly in our hearts, so the inner voice in our hearts. And over the years of my life, I, I must admit, I, I, I've steered away from saying, well, God spoke to me. Now, it's not that it's not a good statement, it is a good statement. And I've had people say to me, God's spoken to me. And you can, you, no, no doubt that God has spoken when they share it. But then again, you and I get some people who say, well, God spoke to me. But let's never use that, that, that thought that God spoke to me or those words God spoke to me to make sure that no one else can ever speak into my life because I'm settled. Have you had someone come up to you and say, God spoke to me? And when you hear what they've said, you go, that's not God. That's maybe the pizza you had the night before, but that's not God. <laughs> but because they said, God spoke to me, you feel like you can't say anything. <laughs> and, and we've got to be careful we don't use that terminology just to make sure that we don't want to hear what anybody else would want to say and that God would want to speak through someone else to us. That we don't kind of close off all avenues of God speaking to us because we just think, well, I, I, I've got the inside running. God has spoken to me and that's that. But you know, when you look at what they've said, you say, well, that's not God. God spoke. And, and in many ways, see, I've discovered something about God. If you think God is asking you to compromise your standards or make a quick decision that will be reckless or causes other, other people heartache or pain or requires you to change your situation quickly without forethought, then maybe it's, maybe it's just not God speaking. Did you grab all that? You've got to be, so we've got to be wise. What are we listening to? You know, in 2020, there will be voices that want to speak to us, but they can be just voices. They could be distracting voices. They could be condemning voices. They could be tempting voices. Oh, I hear some of those voices all the time, don't you? Just me? Uh. They can be what I call rose-colored glasses voices that promise quick gain with no responsibility. 
television comes up, you can win a million dollars. Oh, I hear that voice. You're calling me, Lord. No, it's not. <laughs> Got to put your numbers in. Oh, waste of time. If God wanted to give me a million dollars, I tell you what, he'd work it out another way. <laughs> so there's a lot of voices. Sometimes there's voices that promise much but require no commitment on your part. If there's, they're the type of voices you're listening to, just be wary of them in 2020. They mightn't be the voice you need to listen to. Because I know God's voice, God's voice is a good voice. It's a, it's a voice of encouragement. It can be a voice of wisdom. It can be a voice of guidance. It can be a voice of correction. And if we need to hear every type of voice. Not every type, but what God's speaking. He can speak, he can speak through people that are, you trust and rely. He can speak through his word that is powerful and truthful. Often God, you know, after a situation's unfolded in life, I, I, there's this verse that comes to my mind. I think, oh, yes, God, I remember you speaking to me. So God wants to speak to us. In this story of 1 Samuel, we see the message and the visions from God were rare, but God wanted to outlay something to Samuel. Young Samuel, this bad 12-year-old boy, very carefully. And Samuel was, you know, was the eyes for Eli, the priest. And Eli had kind of gone off the rails a bit, to be honest. He had two sons, but they were well off the rails, and Eli wouldn't discipline them. And so God wasn't speaking to Eli. He was going to speak to the next generation of priests, and that was Samuel. And, you know, but the truth is, is Samuel was the eyes for Eli because he was going blind. Samuel must have been wondering that night, well, it wasn't his eyes that was the problem. He must have thought his hearing was the problem because he kept on hearing his name. But it wasn't anybody human speaking to him. It wasn't anybody Eli speaking to him. What was it? Who was speaking to him? And he discovered it was God who had a message for him. And I want to say, can we hear what God is going to say to us in 2020? Are you in a position? It's not so much of God getting a position to speak to us. It's us positioning ourselves to, to be able to hear. You know, often I'm Michelle, I'll say to Michelle, I'm in, a, in the maybe lounge room and she's in the bedroom and I'll say something like, Michelle, can blah, 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 and I'll ask her and she says, I can't hear you. I said, well, well, you're louder. No, come and talk to me eyeball to eyeball. You know, that kind of, you know, who's ever had that, you know? And so you've got to, you know, it's just, I've got to position myself to talk to Michelle. And, and you know, when she, if she asks me a question, I need to position myself so she can, hear, you know, um, hear my message or hear my question. And so often we think that we can be in another room with God, but God wants face to face. He wants, he wants to be, you to position yourself. He's, he, he's always available. But can you position yourself to hear? So from this passage in 1 Samuel, can we just take a moment to look at this, about how can we hear God in 2020? First thing, first, first, first thing we need to understand is that God calls by name. He's, in other words, God is very personal with you and me. See, see you know, it's almost... It's, we can overlook the obvious in this passage because it, it, God didn't say, hey, you, or to Samuel. He didn't say, hey, young man. No, no, no. He said, what? Samuel. He said, Samuel. Now, I know that God necessarily doesn't, in your heart, doesn't speak. He says, James, are you listening? No, no. But, he, but you know that it's, it's, see, the messages from God are personal. He, he wants to speak personally to us. Um, you know, when you're, it's not like your name comes up on a computer screen in front of God. 
And then he has to sort through the filing system of the computer files to find out your portfolio and resume and what you've been up to and what you, whether you've been naughty or nice or whatever. God doesn't have to look through a file to know who you are. God knows you intimately, folks, even if you don't know him. He, he knows you. He's personal. You might say, how can he do that with the seven plus billion people or whatever, nine plus billion people on the face of the earth? Well, God's God. Let's just accept that. That's one of those faith in God knows you intimately. And when he talks to you, you, I want to tell you something. And you hear his voice and you think, oh, yeah. And don't think, oh, that's for someone else. Because often it's for you. When God speaks, it's for you. Have you ever been in a message and, and the preacher preaches something? Oh, that's a good thought. I know who needs to hear this. So wives, I was going to say, resist the temptation to go like this to the husband. It's a, it, you know, I think I know that everything Michelle needs, but I've become wise enough to know that I'll pray about it and don't have to tell her because often God telling her is a much better avenue. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> Where am I up to? So God knows you. When he speaks, he speaks. He wants to speak personally to you. Sometimes we, we, we can overlook that and think, oh, you know, discredit that voice because, oh, that's for someone else. That's for another situation. That's for another circumstance. And it can be easy to discredit the voice in your heart when it's not what we want to hear or it's going to take too much considerable effort to complete. It's easy to discredit it. They, oh, I don't want to do that. It's just too difficult. You know, all that. Oh, God couldn't be asking me to do that. I haven't got the capacity. Oh, that's for someone else to do, you know. No, I think God, when he speaks, he's speaking to you. Come on, are you listening? I was, 1996 was a good, it was an interesting year for me. I sat right over there where Failing is, except it was in a chair, Failing. And, and I was in a prayer meeting here in this church in 1996, and I was only a young man. And um, in and I was an assistant pastor here, and in my heart there was this continual rumbling and going on about me becoming the senior pastor of this church. Now, no one had said a thing, but God, I, I, well, I just had this continual thing going on in my heart about you're going to become the senior pastor. Now, you might say, well, that would have been a great day. No, you know what? It, was a, it wasn't a good day. Because <laughs> you know why? Because in my heart I was saying, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I know the commitment and the responsibility of that position. I've watched my senior pastor for the last six or seven years I was uh, assistant pastor. I'm thinking, I don't want that pain. <laughs> Is that okay to be honest? So 1996, I sat there and I said in, in tears, God, I don't want the position. I'm happy to be assistant the rest of my life. But you know what? Sometimes God calls the ones who are reluctant because he knows the reluctant ones are the ones that having, know it's not them is going to do it, it's going to be God through them. And that's why he called the Moses who couldn't speak properly. And that's why, you know, when God will speak to your heart, it's the reluctant ones that God sometimes... Anyway, you get the point. So God spoke to me within two years. That was what exactly happened. 
And I think God gave me two years to resolve in my heart that he, what he was going to do. I never spoke to anybody. I never shared it with anybody. I never said anything. I never manipulated. I never tried to bang doors down. It just it came, and that was how. And some of you were here, and, that, and you saw it happen. But I want to say God speaks, and it's personally. And, and sometimes we, we discredit it because it's too difficult, too hard. But you know what? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? When you surrender to him, the, the most difficult thing about serving and following God's voice and doing what he says you to do is our, our, our willingness to surrender to him. That's the difficult thing. Surrender our ability, surrender our heart, surrender our attitude, just to let him be God in our lives and not try and do it ourselves because there's so many times we try to put our hands on our own life and, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to manipulate this and we're going to stop it. We're going to surrender. That's the difficult thing. To surrender the things you like. Oh, they, they, they kind of um, pamper the flesh. But when God speaks, he's speaking to you and saying, come on, there's something greater. God always wants something better for you and for the greater good of people. God's never going to speak to you about doing something immoral or compromising or wrong, is he? He's always going to speak life and speak about something good to your heart. So God's personal I noted, I noted when Jesus was on the earth, um, he had the ability to speak to thousands of people because he was literally here, God on earth. He didn't, say, he didn't say, you little man up in the tree there, come down, I'm going to have a meal with you today. He said, what? Zacchaeus. He didn't know Zacchaeus before this moment, and yet he knew his name. That's what God's like with you. He knows you know, he's personal. He, when, he, when, he, you know, when he said, hey, you've been dead for three years. Hey, buddy, you in the grave, come out. No, he said, come on, Lazarus, come out. He spoke his name. He didn't say to Saul, who later became Paul, the great apostle. He didn't say, hey, mate. <laughs> you idiot. No, he didn't say that. He said, Saul, Saul, twice. You're finding it hard to kick against me. And Saul, of course, had the incredible revelation and had God speak to him. So we see God's personal. See, Jesus says in John chapter 10, do you know that verse? Did you notice that verse? We'll just put it back up there, John chapter 10. Did you see this? I know them. I know them. Today I know them. He knows you today. You might not know God, but he knows you. And he loves you. <laughs> You say, oh, he couldn't love me. I've been too bad. Well, join the club. So have I. But I just know of the righteousness of God and the mercy of God. It's great. I seek, to seek that every day and surrender him. But he knows me. He knows you. See, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. I know them. He knows you. He's personal. He's personal. He knows you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He is intimately interested in you. He cares for you. He has the best plan for you. He has the best purpose for you. It mightn't be all what you think it should be or how you think it should unfold, but I tell you, he has the best. He has the best. Let's look at number, another thought, the second thought this morning. You can mistake in God's voice for another voice. And I kind of touched on this. But you know, notice young Samuel, he mistook the voice of God for the voice of Eli and repeatedly made the mistake three times. Now, let's be a little bit uh, 
forgiving of Samuel because understanding of him because it says he did not know the Lord in verse 7. In other words, Samuel had no direct experience of God's presence because he hadn't encountered God personally yet, but he's about to have this personal encounter with God and come to know him. So you might say, how could it be in the temple of God? Well, you know, God was, it wasn't like Samuel was negative. He, he understood there was a God. It's just that he hadn't had that personal encounter. I wonder if you're here today and you've never had that impersonal encounter with Jesus. It makes all the difference. With his presence, with his Holy Spirit, it makes all the difference. How you see things, how you even hear. But we see that he mistakenly took God's voice for another voice. And can be lots of voices that want to attract your attention in 2020. There'll be lots of voices. Voices, as I mentioned, compromise. Voices of self-centeredness. Don't I know about that one? Oh, the voice of procrastination. Have you ever noticed that voice of procrastination? Sometimes do it tomorrow. No, God says today is the day of salvation. You know, often, oh, you know, put things off. Or, or, or you know, oh, I don't feel like it today. If we, you know, if the world was, the world never went, goes anywhere on, on how we feel. It goes on how we're committed, how we're going to do it anyway. Isn't that true? So if we're going to move it's got to be more than feeling and so we've got to be careful of the voices there's a great proverb chapter 1 verse 20 and 21 I love this one I've used it several times in ministry and preaching it is out in the open wisdom calls aloud she raises it, it talks about wisdom as personified like a like a lady okay if you read through these chapters of proverbs it's a lady and it says uh, oh sorry we'll go back uh, she raises her voice in the public square, on top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. Thanks, Sue. You do that so well. <laughs> Can you see what wisdom, where wisdom, the, the writer of Proverbs is saying amongst all the voices, because the public squares, the city gates, was where they did business in Israel's day. At every city, at every township, they, they used to sell and, and, and trade at the city gate in the public squares. There was many voices, many voices, many things that were happening, lots of people talking, 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 talking. It's a bit like in here before church starts. Everybody's talking, talking, talking. It's wonderful to see it. It's wonderful to see the, 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 the fellowship we have. But, you know, and, and, and wisdom is in the midst of all that sometimes. The, the, the speaker of Proverbs, I'll just sort out my... There we go. Um, the speaker of Proverbs says, in the midst of all the voices, you've got to hear the wisdom for your life. And, and that's so true, isn't it? Because sometimes in the midst of life, we're busy, busy, busy. We're doing this, we're doing that. You've got to just slow your heart sometimes just to hear the wisdom because there's many voices, voices of distraction. We can mistake in God's voice for another voice we don't, because sometimes we don't want to change. We don't want to change and God... God wouldn't, you know, uh, we don't like what we hear, so we, we don't want to change that. And so we, we sometimes just turn off to that voice. And it's really God speaking, but we think, oh, that's not a voice I need to hear. You know, there was a man who bought a new radio. I love this story. And, and immediately he tuned his radio into one channel that he loved listening to because as far as he was concerned, there was no other radio station that he, that he needed to listen to besides this particular radio station. And he tuned it in, and then he broke the tuning knob off so no one could change it. That's one way to tune into the radio station, isn't it? I, I personally like to listen to ABC and listen to uh, Fresh FM, but I, they're probably the main two ones I listen to because I like ABC for the sports and ABC for the news and Fresh FM for the music. Anyway, 
I'm probably a bit like this man. <laughs> anyway, the truth is, it was one, it was one station and he, was, and he didn't want to listen. He broke off the tuning knob. And it, sometimes I think we can be a bit like that. We only want to listen to the one channel that kind of pampers our flesh or just makes us feel good. Or I'll only listen to those voices that are, that are yeah, appropriate for me. And, you know, maybe God might sometimes bring, bring, want to bring correction or something along in our lives. And we oh, I don't want to break. I'll never listen to that radio station. And we've got to be careful that that's not our lot in life. See, we can mistake in God's voice for another voice which we don't regard as a reliable source. Do you know God, throughout history, used un- unreliable sources to speak to his people sometimes? There was a guy called Balaam in, in Numbers chapter 22 in the Old Testament story, and he's riding his donkey along, and God uses and allows the donkey to have an audible voice and speak to Balaam about what he was doing, and Balaam wouldn't have a bar of it. He wouldn't listen. He says, you know, folks, if, if I had a horse speak to me, I'd be saying, God, what do you want to say? You know, I'd be in shock. Wouldn't you be? This guy, was, he, was, he wouldn't listen. God is pretty desperate to speak to him if you get a donkey to speak to. And it wasn't until the angel turned up that Balaam obeyed and listened to what God had to say. Do you know, I have a story where a horse spoke to me once. You don't believe me, do you? I I was in, and I I know some of you remember this story, but I've got to use it again because it's such a good story. I was in in, uh, Tuscany, just outside of Siena in Italy in 2000. I was there for a wedding. I had to do the wedding. And and, uh, before we did the wedding, there was an opportunity to go on a trail ride. You know the trail ride with the horses nose to tail, nose to tail, nose to tail? Who's ever been on one of those? You don't even have to ride, know how to ride. But anyway, because the horse does it all for you, they just they know what to do, you know. So I thought, oh, what, what more, what incredible thing you could do is to go on a trail ride in Tuscany in Italy. Yeah, man, this will be exceptional. So I went with a bunch of people who were going to the wedding. And, and so um, we're standing there and the instructor who was going on the trail ride with us said this, does anybody know how to ride? And I thought, I've been on three trail rides. I know how to ride. <laughs> so... So I said, yeah, me, I know how to ride. She says, good, I'll give you this horse. I said, yeah, no problem. Now, (laughs) do you know there's horses, when you hop on them, know you don't know how to ride. Is that right, Joey? They know you don't know how to ride. And I jumped on a horse. She gave me the horse. That was the horse from hell. No, no, sorry. (laughs) It was the horse... So this horse knew within, I reckon, 500 meters, I didn't know how to ride. And I was right at the back of the trial ride. I was the last horse. Praise God, because it saved me a lot of embarrassment. But anyway, he was gracious to me that day. But what would happen is, and some of you know the story, but the trial ride would, you know, was going for several kilometers. And my horse decided that on the side of the trail was green grass, and he'd put his head down and stop. And, I was going, and the first time he'd done it, I thought, oh, fair enough. I'm just hanging on to these things called reins. It's got nothing to do with him. He knows what he's... So he's having... A, but then it, the, the trial ride's 150 metres up the road. I'm thinking, just wait a second. I don't want to lose these guys. So I pulled the reins. He goes, you've got to be joking, mate. You don't know how to ride. And he just stays there. He didn't say that, but that's what he was thinking. He just stays there. And finally, on his own accord, he lifts his head. See that the other horse is 150 metres away, and he bolts. I mean, he galloped. I've never galloped a horse before. 
forget about the reins. I put them over the thing in the front of the saddle and there was a little knob on there. I think they call it a horn. And I grabbed that thing with two hands and I held on for 150 metres. And I tell you, folks, that was the scariest 150 metres of my life. And I'm thankful. And when we got to the end of the horse, it went... And I nearly went over the front. Thankfully, there's a neck. And I run into the neck of the horse, grabbed it, hopped back up in the seat. All right. But the truth is... The truth is, the horse done it five more times. Can you appreciate how anxious I was by the end of this trial ride after the fifth time? Every time he'd put his head down. It was like he knew, there was a, he knew when 150 metres was up and that he could bolt again. Folks, I didn't know how to ride. And it's only the grace of God that I held on. And, when I, and you might say, well, how did God speak to the, through the horse? I want to tell you, he spoke to me pretty, pretty directly because I knew that he, God was saying to me, you have an ego bigger than you think, boy, and you better swallow it real quick. <laughs> now, did God say that directly to me? No, he's nicer than that. He just needed to give me a verse. And the verse was this, pride comes before a fall. <laughs> Do you know you can read God's word and he'll speak to you. <laughs> Praise God I didn't have the fall. And it's only because of that little, what do you call it? Horn. Praise God for the horn. <laughs> you can imagine me hanging on to a horn. I'm just, oh God, help me. <laughs> I will never be, have an ego again. I'll never be proud again, God. And yet it happened again and again and again. I got home and, you know, I still had to deal with my pride. How did everybody go? Oh, great, great. Had a great ride. No one knew. No one knew. And to this day, no one knows. Don't you tell them. Anyway. How does God speak to you? He speaks through the most unusual circumstances, but he often wants to make you a better, because it's for a better person, not a bad person. He wants to make you better, folks. And if there's one story that's stuck with me in my life, it's just been, James, deal with your ego, deal with your ego. It doesn't do you any good, doesn't do the kingdom of God any good. Pride, it doesn't do you any good. Humble yourself before God. Humble yourself. God won't humble us. We've got to humble ourselves. And God speaks to us. And it's kept me in good stead and I've had to continue to remind myself. Here's the third and last thought today. We'll finish with this. You're cool? You're going well? Let your heart. You know, not only do we need to realise that God's a personal God, he knows you by name and that he'll, you've got to be careful of the voices because they mightn't be the voice you think it is. You've also got to let your heart find a quiet place every day. Now, you might say it's, it's worth noting here because God spoke to Samuel when he was lying down still. The truth is, is that, that you know, it says in Psalm 37 verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Can I just say that we all live busy lives and, and you know, the reality of stillness is sometimes in the busyness of life, you can still have a heart at peace because you've given time maybe to God to just have peace. You know, because sometimes we say, well, you've got to stop all the business. Yeah, 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 you do to some element, but there's also, you just got to have a heart, because God can speak to you. It's not so much about your physical, um, uh, physical activity, it's about your heart activity that you've got to have a peace there. You've got, to, you've got to allow the peace of God. We can have a mind that is racing all the time, this and this and this, and you've got to slow that mind down. That's the biggest issue, to the point where you just can, just wait a second, let me just breathe for a moment in the midst of my busy day. Let me just say, God, let me just quiet my mind. It quietens your heart. And you can just 
you know, take some time to, um, to process, to process maybe, maybe God's word or just to quiet your heart. In the midst of busyness, in the midst of the busyness in life, um, allow God to speak to you. So it's a surrendering your thoughts to God, allowing peace to take up residence in us. Paul said to the Roman Christians in Romans 12.2, I haven't got this one up on the board, I don't think, but do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. And then, and then, and then you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you want, do you want to know what God wants to speak to you? He wants to speak about his good and perfect will for you. But do you know how you do it? Transform your thinking. Bring peace into your mind. Allow it to come to a restful place in every part of the day, whether that's at the beginning or in the middle or at the end of the day. Some point where, you know what, God, God, you know, God's not going to chase you around in all your activity. He's waiting for you to meet with him. And, and he wants to speak to you. And so whatever, in the midst of your activity, at least have a heart that is at peace. He's the author of peace, isn't he? Give your mind an opportunity to declutter because spiritual authenticity is not just busyness, but allowing our minds to become cluttered with the world, worldliness in our busyness. And this is what the Bible calls worldliness, actually. Being become cluttered with the world and all this. And it's not being so heavenly minded that you have no earthly use. No, you, I, I know when I am focused on God, I am incredibly earthly. Earthly, um, I'm incredibly aware of what I need to do in the day. In actual fact, that when I spend that time hearing from God, I am more aware of loving other people, of caring for other people, of helping other people, of doing God's will in my life. I am more aware how to be of incredibly earthly, power, earth, earthly use when I have had my heart in the right place, in my mind. Spiritual authenticity. I, uh, I, I'll finish with this. Is that cool? And then we'll, but I've got to tell you this one. I, I just remember, because sometimes our anxiety wants to rule our hearts. And in 2020, may I speak over you, to you, speak over you today that anxiety does not need to, need to rule your hearts. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of our sound mind. May you take that word and just say, Father, that's for me today, a sound mind. I was driving to the Brisbane airport along Kingston Smith Drive in the early days when that's the way you got to the airport. And, and, and I came and I was running pretty much on time. Schedule was tight and I ran into a bunch of cars. It was not ran literally, but I, there was, a, there was a, a whole traffic jam turning. You got to turn off Kingston Smith Drive in those days, left in, to get to the airport. And, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm in a traffic jam in Brisbane. Um, which isn't unusual, it happens. <laughs> uh, but I was, it, it made me a little anxious. I thought, I'm going to lose. I, I, I don't want to miss this plane. I've got to get home. I had to rent a car. So I had to you know, park the rent a car, you know, do all that, and then get to the, the boarding gate. And, and so I think, and, and I wasn't quite sure where to turn left. And so I, wouldn't you believe it, not only was I in a little traffic jam, I missed the turn off to the left. So I had to drive right up Kingston Smith Drive, turn around, do a Yui, find in the medium strip where to come back around. And I come back down the other side, and I got in another traffic jam coming the other way and so I was quite anxious I'm thinking I'm gonna miss this plane and then I thought instead of getting anxious maybe I should just cry out to God it didn't really take away my anxiety to be honest but I did say God get me to the plane on time it's not not like God would you I just God do it <laughs> you ever had one of those prayers he doesn't mind mind you he's pretty gracious with us 
when you tell him what you think, even though, you know, it mightn't be right. But he says, God, I've got to get to this plane. And, and you know what? God wasn't so much really interested in whether I made the plane or not. Well, he was in a way. But he was really interested in my heart attitude and where I was locating my heart and my thoughts right there. Because as I sat in that car, in, or once again caught in the traffic, I looked to the right. It was a bare medium strip. It was dirt. But out of the dirt, I don't know how this happened, there was this little yellow daisy had popped up. And it was just shining brightly with this little yellow, yellow you know, petals. And, and as soon as I saw that, this verse, I didn't know where, where it was at the time, but I know where it comes from. This verse came into my heart in Luke chapter 12. And, and it's like God was, he was speaking to me. He says, consider the lilies, how they grow. That's not a lily, God. <laughs> Shut up and listen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> They neither toil nor spin, and yet Solomon in all his glory has not clothes that are arrayed like them. If the God who so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is burnt up by the sun, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little what? Faith. And then comes the clincher in verse 29. And do not seek what you should not eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. All of that from a daisy God? Now, I didn't know the verse exactly, but I knew this part. I knew that God was saying, consider the lilies. They, they don't fear. They've got no anxiety. They grow. They, they, they die. But life is good for them. And God, and you know, they're not anxious. And I said, God, okay, 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 I get the message. And you know what? I discovered that when God speaks, he's interested in your heart, attitude towards him, and not in your circumstances. Even though he'll make the circumstances so that you, can, you, you, know, you won't fail, he'll look after you. Think, praise God, I got to the airport. We didn't believe it after all that missing, the turnoff and traffic jams. And, you know, I got to the airport and just in time and I boarded the plane and I come home. It didn't got good. But you know what? The truth is, I don't really think. And you know what? I found that I wasn't even going to be hassled about whether I made, after this little encounter with God and his word, I wasn't even hassled whether I made the plane or not because I thought, God, you've got this. And that's the attitude he's looking from you folks in 2020. Can I trust you, God? But God is not going the way I want it to. No, 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 just trust me. Because I want to, if there's a word that God wants to speak to you in 2020, it's always, would you trust me? Would you trust me in the midst of what you face? Would you, would you put your surrender to me in 2020? Because I want to speak to you and encourage you. I want, I want to give you a hope and a future. I wonder if the team could come this morning. You've been very gracious. I've probably preached too long, but anyway... What voice are you going to listen to in 2020, church? What people? What circumstances? Are you going to listen? Are you going to be distracted by the wrong voices in 2020? Or are you going to be, will you allow your heart to be still and hear from God? Let, are you going to be open? Are you going to have, you hear God's authentic voice to you? And it might be correction sometimes. It might be encouragement. It might be guidance. It might be wisdom. But God knows what you need at this time. And I want you to know that God's a personal God. He wants to speak. It's just that, am I in a position to listen? Will they hear? What's that? Let's put that up again, Sue. John chapter 10. That's a great verse. If we can go back to that. I know you've got to put the, you're going to put the um, words up soon, but... My sheep listen to my voice. Come on, my sheep. I, my sheep. Are you going to be one of his sheep? He wants you to be one of his sheep this year. Because, <laughs> you know, in Israel's day, when a shepherd, you, you've got to realize in Israel, they don't drive their sheep, they lead their sheep. 
Jesus leads his sheep. In Australia, they drive the sheep with helicopters and motorbikes. No, no, in Israel, the shepherds lead them. And it's amazing because they, they just call the shepherd, the sheep know the, the shepherd's voice. And he just has to say something in Hebrew or, or, or you know, whatever language they're speaking, and the sheep follow. It's amazing. I've seen pictures. I haven't been there. Um, but they tell me the sheep just follow the shepherd because they know it's safe. Can you hear it? Will you hear his voice? Maybe today you, you, you're needing to say, well, that message, oh, that message, it, yeah, there's something God's speaking to me about in this message. Please don't say it's for someone else, but it's for you today. God's speaking to you today. Could we stand today? I want to pray for you today, where you are. I want to just pray. Would you just close your eyes just for a moment while I pray? I want to pray God's blessing. I want to just pray that you'd be people that would hear. Father, this year, 2020, lays before us. And I, and, there's, and I won't be able to say that next week because we're already into it, but I can say it this morning that this is the first Sunday. This is the first message. And if this, Lord, I believe the message is that you want us to realize that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're always there. You're always interested in us. And I pray that we would be a people that would be totally surrendered to you. Whatever, um, whatever that may mean for all of us today, it'll mean different things in how we need to surrender and how we need to give our lives to you. I pray that you'd help us to be people that would not surrender, but listen, listen to the right voices, turn off the wrong voices, tune into that which you want to speak, and that we'd be willing to hear, Father, your guidance and wisdom and even correction. And because you correct those you love, it says in Hebrews 12. You correct, or Hebrews 11, that you correct those you love. And would help us to be able to do that, Lord, this year, 2020. Help us to be people who would listen to you more than the voice of this world or the distractions of temptation or compromise. Father, we ask for your strength. Whether we're the youngest here, the children today, right through to our senior people today, we're all in the same boat. We need you. And I commit and pray if you're here upon your people this year as we go into this year. And everyone agree, said? Amen. Come on, we're going to worship just for one more time.